So let's let's just quickly run through some questions, get some uh, get you woken up, amen. Uh, as the world says, get you woke, get you ready, amen. Who introduced? And we talked about the doctrine of the Nicolaitans. Who introduced the doctrine of the Nicolaitans? I kind of already gave you a clue. Nicholas, the Nicolaitans, to which to which false prophet, reflecting back to last week, to which false prophet did John the Revelator compare the Nicolaitans? Which false prophet in the Old Testament did the writer of the book of Revelation compare the doctrine of the Nicolaitans? His name starts with a B. With a B. Balaam. Balaam. Amen. We're, our, our wheels are beginning to spin. The oil is beginning to flow. We're starting to remember. And uh, Now another question as we kind of continue to build upon that. What was Nicholas's doctrine? Or what was the doctrine of the Nicolaitans? Anybody remember that? False doctrine. <laughs> that's an easy cop-out answer there. <laughs> you can live however you want on the outside. Because the grace of God covers you. That was the doctrine of the Nicolaitans that we talked about last week. And the fourth and final question, reflecting back to last week, is what did God say in the book of Revelation about how he felt about the doctrine of the Nicolaitans? He hated it. He said, I hate the doctrine of the Nicolaitans. God himself hates Amen. That type of thinking, that type of false doctrine about live however you want on the outside because the grace of God covers you. That was the doctrine of the Nicolaitans. And today we're going to continue to build upon that topic of holiness. And we're diving a little bit deeper. Uh, So we began to kind of scratch the surface and sniff around a little bit last week. And we began to go a little bit deeper today. And with each scratch, each coming week, each passing week, we're going to continue to get that shovel out. Amen. To begin to dig that hole a little bit deeper. Not that we fall into the hole, but we're going to go deeper in God and get a deeper understanding of the Word of God. Today, uh, by the my goal is by the time we're through with this lesson today, and I know we're beginning to run short on time already, but uh, it's my goal that you should be able to define godly holiness. Amen. You should be able to understand or to explain the two components of true holiness. And the two components, to give you a preview today, is Uh, separation from the world and dedication to God. Those are the two components. Uh, And we're going to explain the process of sanctification and that spiritual battle that is involved in the process. And we're going to also explore the genuine internal holiness, the nature of genuine internal holiness. We're going to understand how it is developed and how it will impact an individual's appearance and conduct. And hopefully by the end of this lesson today, we'll be able to conclude. You will be able to conclude along with me that holiness is an absolute attribute of God's nature. And that it is therefore an absolute requirement for Christians. If we're going to be like him, we're going to be holy as he is holy. For the scripture says, be holy for I am holy. Amen. What exactly is holiness today? Amen. Anybody want to give it a, give it a shot? What is holiness? Separation from Separation from the world. Anything else you want to add to that? If somebody says, what is holiness? What what are you going to tell them? Say again. God. Okay, what else? Purity. 
He, he gave you, Bishop gave us one part of that, separation from the world. And the other part, amen, dedication to the Lord. Amen. The Bible teaches us that holiness is one of the attributes of God, necessitating his condemnation of sin and, the, and setting before men their highest possible aspiration. The highest possible aspiration is to be holy as God is holy. Amen. To be more like him. That's why it is uh, it is follow peace with all men and holiness. There should be that continual pursuing. Uh, that's my aspiration to be holy as he is holy. I'm not perfect. Amen. But I'm trying to become more like him. And each time I come to prayer, each time I come to church, each time I read my Bible, I see a little bit more about what he looks like and what who God is. And and I begin to remind myself I'm reminded in that time of prayer. And consecration. I, yeah, I do want to be more like him. And, and in the in the reflection of the word of God, I see my faults and I see my where I fall short and I see all the errors in my life. And I realize, you know, I still got a long way to go, Sister Nancy. I, I still got a long way to go, Sister D. I, I've got to be more like him. I'm not there yet, but it's my aspiration to be more like him. The Hebrew word and the Greek word, I'm not going to try and pronounce them because I don't know that language, but just in, in studying for this today, the Hebrew and Greek words for holy uh, means withdrawal. Therefore, scholars define holiness to mean separate or apart. Being holy does not only, however, mean withdrawing from something, but it also means withdrawing unto something. Because you can't effectively withdraw yourself from the world, amen, and uh, without also drawing closer to Him. Amen. We talked a little bit about that last week. We're going to continue to go into it today. Amen. We do not, uh, we do not live holy merely to make others look unholy either. That is not the objective of the people of God. I'm going to be as holy as I can be so you can... So everyone can see how, how unholy this person is or, or how unholy that person is. Some people look at holiness and think, well, if I, if I get to be holy, then I can look down at all the other unholy people and, and I, can, uh, you know, I can remind them of how good I am and how bad they are. It's, that's not the intention. That's not the, the way in which we ought to approach holiness. Our original state of holiness was lost in the fall of man. And we live holy lives so we can withdraw into man's original state of communion with God. We live holy lives because we want to get back to that Garden of Eden experience when, when things are perfect, when things are right with mankind and his God. And so holiness, holiness allows us to, to take a step back and to begin to withdraw from, from all the pressures and all the ideologies and the philosophies of this world. And we begin to step back and we begin to say, okay, now I, I can see exactly kind of the, the situation in which I was living. And now that I'm out here and I'm looking at the world, uh, I, I'm beginning to be more uh, susceptible to the, to, to the voice of God. And I, my ears are open. I can begin to hear God. Because when I was unholy and I was in the world and all that things was coming against my life, God was speaking and God's spirit was moving, but I couldn't, it couldn't penetrate, amen, that barrier that was in my life. Right. But as I began to withdraw, I began to do the steps that I know to do. To, to stop living the way that I used to live. Then, then God's voice can begin to get through to my heart and to my mind. And I can begin to see, okay, I'm hearing something that I didn't hear before. 
Amen. I couldn't hear this voice before when I was in the world, but now that I, God's, I'm in the house of God and I've separated myself and, and, and we can talk a little bit about the battle that you and I would face, amen, just getting to the house of God. Amen. The devil would fight each and every one of us every Sunday morning, every Wednesday night from getting to the house of God. Because in, in the church house, amen, we are physically withdrawing ourselves from everything else around us. And we're, we're getting closer to God. And it's in the house of God that we hear, we hear the voice of God and we feel the spirit of God. And we can begin to draw closer to him. And we see, amen, what he is and what we need to do to get where we need to be. Hallelujah. And, and holiness is withdrawing into man's original state of communion with God. That's why in a service like this morning, we try to minimize all of the distractions. Re- remove all the hindrances. Amen. Keep the place free from clutter. Keep it clean. Uh, and, and be a beautiful place so that you can focus upon the Lord. And Sister Gina does a wonderful job keeping the church clean. So when you walk to the front door, you're not seeing uh, crumbs on the floor. You're not seeing stuff on the walls and all these things. And, and you can walk in the house of God and you can, I feel God. That's the intent of coming into the house of God and, and the things that Sister Gina does for the church. And it's a blessing to the church and we're appreciative of it. Uh, but it helps you to, when you come into God's house, you, your mind can begin to think about God. You can begin to reflect upon who he is. But first, it's coming, it's getting out of that world. It's getting back to the place where God intended you and I to live. It's getting back to that place of communication where you and I ought to be. And the Bible teaches us that holiness is essential for Christian living. And it also teaches us that our personal holiness develops through a process of sanctification. Through a process known as sanctification. Holiness is not something that is a one and done deal. But it's, it's follow peace with all men and holiness. I'm following holiness. I, I, I'm going to be a little bit more holy. I'm, I'm going to seek God a little bit more. And, and, and it's that process of development in a person's life that you can begin to see someone that, for instance, walks through the door of the church for the first time and they, and they look a certain way. And, and, and there's been times we, we've, we've seen people that come to the house of God and our hearts break for them because we can, we can recognize and we can sense that they're living a difficult life. But as they come back and they come back and they come back and God works in their lives and, and that process process of sanctification is, is an action in their lives. And, and you can begin to see the transformation as they come back again to that place of communion with God. Yeah. This is a place of communion with God. This is a place where God communes and God fellowships and God right. talks to us. And as we continue to hear his voice and, and we listen and we obey, we find ourselves becoming more like him. And it's that process of sanctification. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and 23 says, In the very God of peace, sanctify you holy. W-H-O-L-L-Y. There's a wholeness that is involved that results, amen, from God's sanctification process in our lives. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body. Spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The writer of 1 Thessalonians lets us to know that that process of sanctification or that 
holiness being developed in a person's life is going to affect your spirit, your attitude, the way that you respond, the way that you conduct yourselves, how you interact with other people in the church, your soul, your your walk with the Lord. It's going to affect your, your walk with God. As God is working your life, and if you allow it to, God wants to work in your spirit, on your insides, your attitude, your heart. And he wants to work on your your spiritual man, your soul. But also God wants to work on your body, the Bible says. It's a threefold approach to holiness. It's a three-chord approach to holiness that God is saying, I'm not just concerned about on the inside. Amen. Man looks on the outside, uh, and and God looks on the inside. And people use that scripture to say, well, okay, so God is only concerned about the inside. And God doesn't care about the outside. God is concerned with the spirit, the soul, and the body. God is concerned about what happens on the inside, what happens in your heart, your attitude, and your mind. And God is concerned about your walk with him. And God is concerned about the outward appearance of a man and a woman. And Paul taught three important concepts here. Sanctification is a process of maturing that takes place over time. Sanctify you wholly. It's it's a process that that takes place over time. A process of maturing in the Lord. When we had this little bundle of energy and joy uh, 15 months ago, she was just as human as everybody else in this world. She was alive. Heart was beating, moving. She was existing. She was human just like everybody else. But you and I were a lot further along than this baby was when she was born. Or like any of us were when we were born. That while the baby was was human, was uh, a person, she still, she still does and have, has a long ways to go. And when we come to God, amen, we're, we're just as saved as anybody else. We've been baptized, filled with the Holy Ghost, repent of our sins. But can we be honest and say, you know what? I I still got a long ways to go in living for God. It's not a one and done deal. It's not a once saved, always saved. It is a process of I'm going to continue to to mature and to grow in the Lord. And God's going to continue to work in my life. We are sanctified through God's power and not our own. Amen. It is, I pray God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of the Lord. Faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. That's not talking about the person that's called. That's talking about the person that is calling. Amen. God's going to continue to work in your life. Amen. It is not through your own ability, your own power, that you're going to be able to accomplish and reach those things in God. But it is as, as God, as you allow God to work in your life, As you and I say, I'm going to allow God to get on the inside and God to work in my life. We talked, sanctification involves the three parts of man's being, spirit, soul, and body. And there are a couple of levels in this process of sanctification. And that is being made holy. Positional sanctification. Say positional with me. Say that one more time. Positional. Positional sanctification. I mentioned a moment ago referring to my little girl. Amen. Positional sanctification is as 
complete for the youngest believer as it is for the oldest. It depends only upon one's position in Christ. Have you been repented of your sins? Have you been filled with the Holy Ghost? Have you been baptized in Jesus' name? That's positional sanctification. A new Christian is as saved as any saint the moment they are born again of water and spirit. But they are only beginning to walk with God. They are immature. That's positional sanctification. I got in the church. I'm in a certain position. Amen. God, fill me with the Holy Ghost. I've been baptized. I repented. And the person that walks through the front door of the church and, and comes to an altar and, and maybe, even, maybe even in the pew and God gives them the Holy Ghost and they're repentant and they get, they get baptized. And they've been living for God for five minutes. And if the rapture was to happen, they would go right next to Bishop Cameron that's been living for God for 40-something years. That's positional sanctification. That's positional. I got in the right place. I got in the right position with God. And everything's going to be fine. That's positional sanctification. And then there's a second uh, type. Which is experiential sanctification. And this is one's actual holiness of lifestyle. Or what one is through Christ. And it is imperative that believers allow God to lead them in sanctification. For it is possible to eventually forfeit salvation altogether if they do not mature in holiness. It is possible, amen, for that new believer that walks to the front door of the church and, and, and they're repentant and they get the Holy Ghost and they get baptized. It is possible for them to revert back to the old and, and lose out with God. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that lets us know that they've got to continue to live for God. They've got to continue to, to be more like Him and to move through that process of growing and maturing right. to be like Jesus. Amen. So there, there's that experiential. It's, it's I've got to continue to live for God. I've got yes. to continue to go, go forward and to move forward in God. And then there's the third and final type which none of us have yet experienced. But one day I pray that we all experience this one. And this is eternal sanctification, which will occur, amen, in you and I at the rapture of the church. When we are instantly and eternally transformed into a state of complete conformity to Christ. When that rapture happens, the trumpet of the Lord is sounded and the church is caught up out of this earth. Amen. To meet the Lord in the clouds of glory. To meet the saints in the clouds of glory. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Amen. That's the eternal sanctification. And that's when we become like He is. Amen. We become like Christ. But until that eternal sanctification. We've got to have that experiential side of I'm going to live for God today. I'm going to experience God a little bit more today. I'm going to experience Him in prayer. I'm going to experience Him in reading my Bible. I'm going to experience God in the church service, in an altar call. I'm going to continue to experience God every single day of my life. And the moment that you stop experiencing God for yourself, it begins a process of reverting back to the old life. There's that tension in living for God. There's a tension in living for God. God gives you, the Holy Ghost gives you power. How many ever opened a bag of chips not to finish the bag? Raise your hand. And you, if you're really good about preserving the integrity of that chip, 
you get that little clip and you clip, you roll the top of the chip bag and you clip the top and you put it in the cover. And you hope that that keeps as much air as possible so the chips don't become stale. You exerted the pressure on that clip to open it up to be able to snap it onto the top of that bag of chips. But everything in the design of that clip was to close up. And our lives are that way. Our bodies are that way. Our spirits are that way. We were born in sin, shaped in iniquity, and sin did our mothers conceive us. We have the uh, compulsion to sin. We're, we're that naturally closed clip on the bag of chips. We're just closed up. Until somebody with a little bit more power begins to exert some pressure and begins to squeeze the top of that clip so it can open up and do what it's supposed to do. And we've got to similarly, that's a, you know, not the greatest example, but there, there's, a, there's a similar, there's a comparison that I want to make today that you've got to allow God's to, God to work in your life to begin to squeeze you a little bit. Yes. So you can begin be formed and you can begin to fulfill your purpose in God. The God has got to, you've got to allow God to put his hands upon your yes. life. Yes. You've got to continue to experience God because the moment you stop experiencing God, you begin to revert back to that, that original state of being in sin and shape and iniquity. And in a spiritually dead person, In a spiritually dead person, sin alienates a spirit from God. Most issues of holiness are not salvation issues. But rather they are maturity issues. Most issues of holiness are not salvation issues. They are maturity issues. They, they reflect your attitude. They reflect how you view God. They reflect, have you been experiencing God for yourself? Have you been listening to the voice of God? They are maturity issues. And only as we do not obey God, though, I want you to hear me. Only as we do not obey God in these areas of our lives does our willful disobedience to that revealed holy this holy aspect of God, our willful disobedience to that, then it becomes a salvation issue. As God reveals truth in your life, as God reveals a little bit more of his character and of his nature to you, and you then begin to disobey, it becomes a salvation issue. The battle for holiness, the battle for sanctification, the battle is won and it's or it's lost in our minds. Right up here between our two ears, right here. It's lost or won in the mind because it is our mind. It is our soul that must be transformed on a daily basis. Our minds have got to be renewed in the Holy Ghost. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It is a continual renewing of our minds. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So therefore, if you're not renewing your mind to be transformed, then you are being conformed to this world. 
If you're not continuing to renew your mind with the things of God, with, with the Word of God, and renew your mind, amen, with prayer and supplication before God, it's not going to be very long before you find yourself moving from transformation to conformity. And you begin to conform to the, the pressures in this world and begin to conform to the lifestyles that, that, that Hollywood preaches and the, and the lifestyles that you see in the magazines. And you're, you're not being tra- transformed no more because you stopped renewing your mind and now you're, you're susceptible. You're, you're giving in to, to conformity to the world. And the, there's the things that begin to battle in a person's mind. Amen. But it starts right here. And unless you determine in your spirit and you're saying your soul. I'm going to be transformed by the renewing of my mind. I'm going to allow God to renew me. I'm going to allow God to talk to me, to speak to me, to move in my life. I've got to be renewed. You've got to be renewed in your mind. And it's got to be a daily thing. It's got to be an ongoing thing, a, a, a common occurrence, if you will, where I'm renewing my mind on a daily basis. I'm renewing my mind. I'm renewing my mind. God, renew my mind. There's many times I've gone to prayer and I've, I've been under attack and, and I've felt spiritual uh, warfare in my mind in my life. And I've, I've gone to prayer for the name and I've said, God, you've got to renew my mind. I'm thinking all kinds of craziness. I've got all kinds of things against me. God, renew my mind. God, help my mind because the battle's in my mind. And if I don't renew my mind, God, I'm going to give in to the conforming pressures in this world. I've got to be renewed. I've got to be renewed on a regular, daily basis. And a spiritually dead person, we said this a moment ago, sin alienates the spirit from God. In a spiritually dead person, sin is alienating you from God. And unless you make a choice to receive God's offer of salvation, amen, this is an eternal condition. Since the spirit is dead, the soul is now in charge. And led by his intellect, his emotions, and his will, this person that is spiritually dead cannot understand spiritual concepts because they are foreign to his will. Unless you are continuing to say, God, renew my mind. God, help me in my mind. God, renew my spirit. God, help me. Amen. If, if God, you don't help me, I'm going to, I'm going to give in to the, my old nature. And I'm going to give in to sin, God. And I'm going to conform to this world. And I'm going to live in a doomed state. In a state that's ruled by the God of this world. And God, unless I get into your presence, God, I'm not going to be able to make it, God. I'm not going to be able, God, to understand the, the spiritual concepts that been preached down this pulpit. That's why, and I know I'm not just teaching, but I'm beginning to preach a little bit. That's why we talk about coming early to church, coming early for pre-service prayer, and saying, God, get a hold of my spirit, because unless I get in the Holy Ghost, unless I can allow God to renew me in the Holy Ghost, then I'm not going to be able to receive what God wants to give me. And I have got to be able to receive what God has for me. I've got to be able to receive it. You have got to be able to receive it. 
And we come early for prayer. We, we preach it all the time. We talk about prayer, 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 prayer. Come early for prayer. Monday night prayer. Come early for prayer Wednesday night. Come even on Saturday. If you want a key, come ask me for a key. Just come and pray and seek God. Prayer is so vital. It's so important because without prayer, you can't get to the right frame of mind. And God can speak to you so many times. It's, it's being transformed. It's being transformed. By the renewing of our minds. I'd like you to turn with me to Romans chapter 7, verse 18. Romans 7 and 18. Amen. If you have your Bibles, Romans chapter 7 and verse 18. We're going to read 18 to 23. Amen. Brother Paul, stand and read that, please. 7, 18 to 23. For I know that in me, that is, in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good, I find not. For the good that I would, I do not. But the evil which I would not, that I do. Now if I do that I would not, it is no more... I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man, but I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. Amen. There's a struggle. There's a battle that you and I are going to face, that we are facing. I, I, Pastor, I want to go to church. Pastor, I want to be there, but there's all these things that come against me. I don't feel good. I got a busy schedule. I got stuff to do. and I, I want to, but I, I can't. It's hard. It's difficult. It's not going to be easy. Nothing, in, nothing worthwhile in this life is easy. Getting that college degree is not easy. It takes a lot of dedication. It takes a lot of consecration. And there's a battle. There's a, a, a law in my members that's warring against the law of my mind. And it's bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. But the writer in Romans would continue to verse 25 and says, I thank God. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, so then with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. It is possible to live for God. In a spiritually alive person, the spirit is back in fellowship with God because of salvation. And unless he makes a choice to change it, this is an eternal condition also. Since the spirit is alive, the soul is not allowed to be in charge. Thus there is an ongoing war to subjugate the natural mind and body to God's spirit now dwelling in the redeemed human spirit. Romans chapter 12 and verse 1 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and perfect will of God. 
I may have got a few words off there. But it is you present your bodies. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, that you present your bodies. You present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. You've got to present your body. God cares about the outside. God cares about how you look on the outside, how you behave on the inside. God cares about attitudes. Some people think that God only cares if a, if a, if, if a woman's wearing a, a skirt or if a man's clean shaven or he's got the sleeves down to covering their fingertips. And, and some people never look on the inside either. God cares about all of that. He cares about the attitudes. He cares about uh, how you look on the outside. He cares about your spiritual condition. When God's talking about holiness, God's seeing spirit, soul, and body. God's looking at the whole thing. And we can sometimes think about holiness and think, well, yeah, holiness, I, I, I know about holiness. Here he goes. The preacher's going to preach about standards. But holiness is, is not just the, the standards that we, we maintain as a church on the outside, but it's also on the inside. You, you've got to make sure that you've got a right spirit and a right heart and, and you're not rebellious and, and you're not yes. fighting against God and you're not uh, creating animosity in the church and division and separate and all of these things. And then God also says, OK, now let's talk about holiness a little bit more. How about your soul? Amen. Are you right with God? Hallelujah. And then we begin to then we can build upon that. And we, we can begin to talk. OK, if, if everything's right on the inside, then it's going to reflect on the outside. Right. And so God makes a big deal about the inside. But then God doesn't stop there like uh, a lot like a lot of people do and say, okay, everything's going on the inside. So so you're okay now. No, God begins to take the step further because it's the will of God that you present your bodies uh, a living sacrifice and, and there be, there is some wholeness that happens in a person's life. There's a lot of fragmented people in Christianity today. They got the heart thing, they got the heart thing okay, or so they think. But there's no outward reflection of what's on the inside. And, and they're living a fragmented life. And they're living in partiality. And they're living uh, with, with a little bit of God, but not the whole thing. And God wants to give people in this church wholeness. Right. It, it's not just H-O-L-Y. It's W-H-O-L-L-Y. God wants people to be holy as he's holy. But also God wants you to be holy. Holy, come on, everything on the outside, the inside, the soul, the spirit, the body. God says, I want some people to be whole. Because you can't talk about holiness until you can talk about wholeness. You can't talk about wholeness unless you can also talk about wholeness. And God wants his people to be whole. The inside, the outside, the spirit, the soul, the body. God's concerned about all of these things today. The mind determines the quality of, his, of your service to God. That is why Christian maturity is so important. And why it is a constant struggle to live holy. Like Brother Paul read a moment ago. There's a battle that happens on the inside. I don't want to give up my stuff. I don't want to give up the way I, I look and the way I dress and the way I talk and the way places I go. I don't want to give up those things and there's a battle. Oh, you want to take that from me? No, it's not me taking anything from you. 
He's saying, God, I want to go on unto perfection. I want to, I want to have wholeness in my life, God. I want to be holy as you are holy. I want to be what you want me to be. I want, I want the adorning God not to be on my flesh, but to be in my spirit. I want the adorning not to be on the outside. But I want it to be a, 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 the adorning of the meek and quiet spirit on the inside. And people look at our lives and they should see and see it, sense and feel it here. That person's on another level. They got wholeness. And they got holiness. They got righteousness, love, yes, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Right. Amen. We're going to be going into next week talking about principles of holiness. Amen. You don't want to miss it. It's going to be incredible. Amen. I like. I, you should invite people, those that are not here, tell them, hey, you know what? Pastor preached, a, taught a good message on holiness. It's going to happen again next Sunday morning. You need to be here. It was good. I've, I've been benefiting from it. That's my prayer. That we are benefited. We are fed from the word of God. I like to give ice cream Sundays out every Sunday morning. And just preach on shouting and faith and worship. But there's times God says, you know what? You've got to give the people a balanced diet. Give them some meat once in a while. Sometimes you take some meat and you get that piece and you're just chewing on that thing. And you're just, oh, this thing is like hard to break down. But it will provide some sustenance and some health and some vitality to your life. And it's something that will help you to grow. It's something that will help you to grow. Amen. Would you stand with me tonight, this morning? Beg your pardon. Stand with me this morning. Amen. We're going to pray one more time. And then we're going to take a short break. Amen. Uh, sometimes I'm thinking back to when I was a kid. Amen. And I was at the table. And my mom... Uh, she wasn't the greatest at making green beans, I'll just tell you right now. But there was a time my mom said, you're not leaving the table until you eat your green beans. And I tried to wait her out, and I stayed there, and I was there like an hour later, and everyone was out playing. My mom said, yeah, sorry, you're not leaving until you eat the green beans. And I, I learned, you know what? There, some things you gotta, you just, you just got to say, okay, I'm just going to, this is good for me. It's going to help me. I may not like the way it tastes, the way it sounds, the way it smells, but you know what? This is good for me. And uh, I'll tell you later, but you know, my, my mom didn't season the green beans. She got the can of green beans, Brother Robert, and she poured it into the pot and heated it up. No seasoning, just green beans in that water. I thought back, no wonder I didn't like green beans. My mom didn't use fresh green beans, and she sure didn't season them or drain the can. But it, it still was good for me. It, it nourished me. It helped me. And, uh, you know, something about some teaching that, you know, it helps to make a solid Christian living for God. Amen. And I'm thankful for what God is doing. Lord, we thank you for this uh, lesson that we heard this morning, God. We thank you for all your blessings. We thank you, Lord, for everything that you have done. We're praying, God, you would keep your hand upon us in the remainder, the remaining part of this service today. We pray, God, for every every family, every saint, God, that is not here. Lord, we pray you keep your hand upon them. We pray you guide them. We pray, Lord, you'd have your way in this service today. Help us, God, to have a move of the Holy Ghost.
to stretch ourselves, to exercise our faith. I pray, Lord, that the Holy Ghost would be turned loose in this place. I pray you would back us up, Lord, as we stand upon the Word of God, as we stand upon truth and holiness, God. I pray, Lord, that you would come through, you would provide for us, you would make a way for us, Lord, in this place today. We love you, Lord. We praise you today. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. God bless you. Turn around, shake someone's hand. Take a few moments and greet your neighbor. We'll start back up here in about five minutes. God bless you.